Welcome back, everybody, to Two Spot Monkeys Live. I am Jim. I'm joined again by Tom. Tom, how are you doing on this fine Friday? I am super. It is great. It, we are in the middle of March. March Madness is underway. Spring is here or around the corner, depending on where you live, or it's showing itself in glimpses. Baseball is around the corner, two weeks away from the start of the major league season. I can't. All of those things are just so, so good. So good. And I'm so happy. And it's fast lane weekend. Well, so you had to go. What does there. that even mean? We don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off, Tom. What were you saying? No, I just said, and then you had to go there. Like we were on this really, like, <laughs> we the, the, the themes, the topics were escalating. And then you were like sharp left right into the dumpster fire. Yeah. We're going to get to fast lane. Yeah, uh, we are. We're going to spend some time doing our head-to-head picks and, and probably having a few things to say about a card that is really strange right now because there are six matches announced, maybe, one of which feels very much not like a match, one of which may not be happening because it's now disappeared from all web and social media. Uh, but we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Before we get there, though, uh, last week, which uh, was our almost our longest episode. I think we had one that was about two minutes longer a while, a while back. Uh, but we spent a lot of time talking AEW. Um, but we wanted to start there again, kind of pick up maybe where we left off. We've both seen AEW from this week, uh, which was a banger of a follow-up show, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Tom, I think you agree. Uh, just got on to touch on maybe some highlights from AEW. You just watched it this morning, Tom. What uh, fresh, fresh off that watching, what uh, thoughts are you having? Yeah, well, my my big my big two things, you know, one one is angle follow up and storyline continuation, and then the other one is it just just a really fantastic in in ring match, and that was the main event, the lights out match, uh, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. Holy smokes, uh, that's I mean, just really good. I mean, and and brutal, but it seemed like it wasn't overly brutal for the sake of like I felt like talent was going to hurt, like be, be injured long-term. Uh, so th- that's when you can do that type of issue or match and have that level of, of physicality, violence, what have you. Um, and, and I've always said this, maybe not here, but I've always held this opinion that blood in the right place and for the right reasons brings a match to another, another level. And that definitely was the case with, with that match. Um, so before I talk about the other side of the coin of what I really loved in terms of takeaway. How did, how did you feel? I, did you watch live on Wednesday? I can only imagine if like watching live might've made you even more like, I don't know, in tune with it. Like I enjoyed it tremendously this morning, but I, I I'd seen the t-shirt get released. So I knew, you know, what happened to Brit. Um, it didn't spoil the match for me by any means. Cause I kept wondering when is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? Yeah. I did not watch live on Wednesday night. I watched, about the first half of the show Wednesday night, uh, kind of after it aired, or maybe even started it, you know, a little bit before it went off the air, uh, but started from the beginning. Um, and then I finished it up on Thursday. And uh, and, I, and I'm with you. I, I had on Thursday morning seen uh, the T-shirt, I think, and maybe a picture of, of Britt. Um, so I certainly knew she got bloodied. I'll be honest, because of that, um, just the way that it was positioned and a little bit that I saw, I... I went into watching the match on Thursday thinking that Britt had won the match. So um, 
So it was a nice little surprise to me um, that Thunder Rosa had won that match, which made sense to me in the end. I mean, when you you got to think this is the end of their feud for at least now. Um, I, where do you go from that from that match if not? Um, and Rosa winning it in the end makes sense. So I, there was a little bit of me that thought, well, if Britt wins it, like are they going to do an exploding barbed wire death match maybe next? Um, I don't know, but. Um, Maybe they'll get more sparklers this time. It'll be great. But um, nonetheless, uh, no, uh, you know, not to dwell on that situation at all um, and take away from the great job that Rick Baker and Thunder Rosa did. You know, the AEW women's division has gotten a lot of flack over the last two years, um, and and some of it rightfully so, frankly. Um, and we've probably given it some flack here on the show. And, and again, I hope we've been fair. Um, I... I I don't want to say that we need more of this as far as the violence and the blood piece of it goes, um, but more matches that just bring you right into them and you're invested in them the way that the Britain Thunder did. And it, I don't think it was just because of the, the plunder as Dusty Rhodes would say uh, that added to, which is how that should be. If you're going to do uh, weapons matches, you know, lights out on sanction matches, uh, it should add to the story. It shouldn't just be the story. It shouldn't be, uh, you know, for instance, when they did the Kenny Omega, Joey Janela uh, lights out match at uh, Fight for the Fallen or or Fighter Fest, whichever one it was, uh, back in in 2019, um, I think that was 2019. Um, they kind of did it because that's what Janela was known for. I felt like, and they were just doing it because, well, that's you know, it's going to be a hardcore match. Um, hardcore matches for the sake of hardcore matches don't do a lot for me. Hardcore matches that end a feud that has been brewing for months and has had twists and turns along the way and all of that, loved it. Um, you know, I it would be a long time since we've seen a female performer blade, uh, you know, sorry, using a kayfabe word, right? Um, but end up busted open the way that Brit did. Um, that was a crimson mask. You know, we've seen trickles here and there where somebody gets kind of, you know, hit with an errant shot and busted over the eye or something like that. But um, probably the last time I can think of it, it was an errant shot would be Becky, Becky Lynch when her nose got broken, when Nia just potatoed the snot out of her the one year uh, before Survivor Series. So, so for this to be in a match, I, I thought it added to the match. I thought it was a great match, including the weapons without the weapons all, all along the way. Um, I think Britt Baker has come a long way in the ring. Uh, she's character-wise, phenomenal, phenomenal character-wise. She was okay in the ring for me early on. I, I thought there was some growth needed, and she's come a long way. And Thunder Rosa might be one of the best females in the world right now. Um, I, you know, give me Rosa and Cheetah again. Um, I'm, you know, that works for me. I, I like that. Um, and, and certainly... You would think Rosa would be in line for a shot. Um, I know this win doesn't count in the records. I, I okay, fine, but uh, you, you'd certainly think she is. I thought it was great. Yeah, I so I feel, and I don't know, and I haven't read, and I haven't gone out and tried to seek this information out. I feel like Britt was hard way bleeding, not okay, uh, not 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 self inflicted. I feel like Rosa was self inflicted based on how things played out. Um, I, 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 at first I thought it wasn't, but then I was like, yeah, they kept her off screen an awful long time there before she came back and blood on her. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, these are adults right. and I mean, oh, yeah. 
I think you I think you can make the argument of again blood bloodborne illnesses uh, are are something to be mindful of, but they're clearly testing them for for COVID and probably other things when they're coming there to perform. So again, we're, this is not 1985, and it's happening on the loop of Shreveport, New Orleans, you know, Oklahoma City. That you know what I mean? Right. Three yeah, three straight three straight nights. So yeah. Uh, and the other um, thing, I say the other thing, yeah. The other thing, the pinnacle, the 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 pinnacle is here. Uh, I, I keep wanting to fall back and and, and say the acclaimed because pinnacle acclaimed, the, the 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 hard C is getting me. But um, the acclaimed is not what we're talking about. The pinnacle uh, and the new faction and and I, oh man, just the swagger uh, of these guys in the ring and. The story behind it and the way that MJF again we we've talked about before and I think we'll continue to the the gift that MJF has on the microphone, but the way he told that story and the way he wrapped everything in and the why and the how and the what they're going for next, um, it, it's 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 funny too. So side note, I've been listening to a couple of Talk Is Jericho's uh, to try to clear out some of the podcasts that I haven't been uh, able to catch up on. And I listened to a Tony Khan one recently with Jericho uh, and an Anna J one. And um, the Tony Khan one rem- reminded me about Blood and Guts, which is about a year ago when it was supposed to take place. Um, I'm almost grateful that that didn't happen. Uh, not that I don't think it wouldn't have been fantastic and the talents involved wouldn't have made it you know, amazing. But I now think that the inner circle and the pinnacle blood and guts at some point is what we're headed towards uh, or, or will be the, the finale. And that's going to be, that's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Absolutely. Uh, MJF's promo was, was on fire, on fire. Um, and I love that. I think it was Tony Schiavone brought up, uh, it could have been Excalibur, but anyways, one of the commentators brought up as the pinnacle was coming out, I think it was, they brought up the fact that about a year ago when kind of COVID had started and the fans weren't at the arena anymore and it was just wrestlers. Um, and of course they didn't describe it the way I just did, but when it was just wrestlers around the ring, MJF and Sean Spears were sitting together and they were gambling on the matches. Um, and I thought whether a year ago, this was the plan or not. Um, if it was wow, long-term booking, Holy smokes, nice job. Um, even if it wasn't the plan, the fact that somebody, whether it was Tony or Excalibur, whoever thought of it themselves or, Tony Khan remembered it and told him to say it, or MJF remembered it, told him to say it, whatever, how, whoever, somebody thought of that detail from a year ago. And the announcers then made the comment, they didn't dwell on it, spent a whole long time on it, but they made the comment that connected something that happened a year ago to the now, what this, the pinnacle now being formed. I thought it was phenomenal because far too often, uh, I'm just going to say it in WWE, they don't want you to remember what happened last week. And not that AEW probably hasn't had moments along their way that they've done that too. I, it's a wrestling thing. I get it. It happens. But I just thought that was great long-term storytelling uh, or or an attempt to at least make it seem like it was. Similar to, um, to give WWE some credit, when Mustafa Ali revealed that he was the hacker, the SmackDown hacker, whether he was or wasn't um, back then because they never revealed it, but they tried to tie that into the retribution angle as it started Uh and make it seem like it was more of a long-term plan. I think the more you can do things like that and make it seem like, oh, this has been going on. Because then you start looking at little pieces along the way and go, oh, what was that? 
oh, wait a minute, maybe that was involved. And whether they were or not, that's good. Like, that's good stuff when you start, you know, kind of doing that. So I thought that was a great um, little tie-in that AEW did, whether, again, whether it was the plan a year ago or not. Uh, doesn't really matter to me, frankly, whether it was. Uh, and yeah, MJF's promo, I thought um, Sean Spears came out of that promo without saying anything other than just, yeah, you're right, or whatever, you know, when he said you're going to get a chair. I think Spears looks more poised for something here than he has in a long time in AEW. I hope that he doesn't just become the guy who always takes the fall for the pinnacle because I think he could end up that guy. You know, if you look at that lineup of people, if you've got to beat the pinnacle, who are you going to protect? Probably everybody not named Sean Spears. Um, So I hope Spears doesn't become that guy. I hope he gets a good push in this as well. Um, I hope we see more of Wardlow in the ring. Obviously FTR, you know, is FTR. Um, And I thought Tully did a nice job starting off the promo as well and kind of um, making the link to the horseman, obviously, in the past, which obviously this has the look of a little bit, um, you know, one extra guy, but okay. Um, and, and Tully kind of playing the J.J. Dillon role. Um, I, I think Tully will be good in that, too. I think MJF paying respect to Tully and calling him one of the best minds in the business was great. Uh, yeah, the whole thing was just awesome, and I loved that they came out, they said their piece, they went back, they took over the locker room, and we never saw the inner circle. Um, make us wait for that. Make us wait for that. I'd make us wait a couple of more weeks for that, frankly. I wouldn't even do it next week. Um, I'd make us wait a couple of weeks, and then when that finally happens, A, do it at one of your ones that's live, so you do have those, that's, it's a small crowd, but that the fans in the crowd, I shouldn't have done this, they're fans, they're real fans, um, but you have those fans in the crowd, and everybody on the podcast goes, what did he do? I did air quotes, sorry guys, um, but uh, because there is no roof on Daly's place, but they're going to blow the roof off of it when the inner circle actually returns and attacks, um, so so make us wait for that a little bit. I love that it didn't happen. You know, that was a brutal enough beatdown a week ago that they shouldn't have had the inner circle there this week. And I love that they didn't. That's a great little detail that they they nailed. So kudos to AEW. I know sometimes we're tough on them on different things, but home run Wednesday night, home run. And a third piece maybe, um, and, and we can come back to this too, if I, if I haven't, if, if there's other things you want to mention on it, Tom. Um, Cody and Pentagon, really enjoyed Cody and Pentagon. Um, at the beginning, and it seems like uh, I think his name is Alex. Their um, their Spanish announcer is almost going to act a little bit as a manager for Pentagon, um, and maybe it pulls Pentagon away from Death Triangle, which that part I wouldn't like. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out, but uh, but I I enjoyed that as a as an opener as well. Yeah, and there's there's been something for cooking for a while with. QT Marshall and and the Nightmare yes. family, so that's obviously that got extended there too. Um, I mean, the other it, 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 it's, the show was so loaded. This is the fourth thing we're talking about, but the Good Brothers versus Moxley and Kingston, who had a fantastic promo in the middle of the show, and then their match was it wasn't super great, and I, I almost thought for a second they were going to give us an angle and like pay off the match down the road, but they finally did get in the ring and started the match, and uh, I thought the match played out well. Lots of room to go there again. Omega in, injecting himself, and then the injury with, uh, or the angle with the chairs with with Kingston's leg, and everything else getting involved in the Bucks. You know, it's a, it's a crowded scene, but it's a good scene, and it's not too crowded where I'm not able to keep track of it. Um, and there, there are guys that I actually care about, 
So that's that's a plus. Like we're going to talk about the, the the other promotion here momentarily, and we can't can't say, say the same thing about a lot of what they're doing. Absolutely. So home run for AEW would be interesting to see uh, what comes from it as well. An, another little just side note. Um, I've, I've liked a little bit. I've seen a bear country, so I'm glad to see they're coming on dynamite now and uh, bear country and, and Jurassic express seem to be headed for a match at some point and uh, Luchasaurus in there with bear country and bear country, probably throwing around jungle boy and or Marco uh, that works for me. So, uh, you know, nice way to get those guys kind of introduced uh, beyond uh, dark and elevation, which quick side note, I wondered if we were going to go here. Matches between Dark and Elevation this year, this week. Not this year, this week. 32 matches. Too much. Calm it down, guys. Yeah. I uh, Did you tune into any of the Dark Elevation? I have not okay. seen a minute. Of I, no, I, I'd like to just to catch Paul White and see how he's doing on how he does in commentary because I think he could be decent. But two hours of mostly job matches. I know they put a little angle in there with Tony Khan, which, you know, it's the first time Khan appeared on TV. He says he won't appear on Dynamite. We'll see if that ever happens. But, yeah, I, I didn't. I made it a point to watch Jungle Boy versus Danny Limelight because I've been reading a lot about the, the the ceiling that Limelight has, and I'm a huge fan of Jungle Boy. It was fine. It wasn't anything. It was the, And it was the match that started the show, so it worked out for me, too. I thought I was going to fast forward on YouTube. Um but it didn't get it didn't whatever it happened, it didn't get me to stick around and continue. And the other match on that show that I would have wanted to watch would have been, I think, Dante Martin versus Max Caster. Because again, I think both of those guys are the future uh, or have signs of life for the future. But I didn't even bother to go back. So yeah, it felt just like dark felt. And so I'm gonna be interesting to see and read, I guess, because I probably will read more than I'll see about how they're what they're doing to differentiate them and, and how and why. Yeah. I, I agree. Thirty-two matches, though, just just too many. Um, so I mean, not to end on a downer. For Great dynamite. Pro, more of that. For for our pro wrestling fantasy league, it maybe starts to change the the game. I mean, I don't know. Well, you only want, four people that appear on those shows are ever owned, though. So, you know. Right, right. So, but maybe that's maybe that change leads to a shift in how people manage their rosters. Look out, Kylan King getting picked up in the fantasy wrestling league. Uh, yeah, it could, it could very well. And yeah, I, I'm all about getting people exposure, but I, and maybe it's just you know my own life and how much time I have to watch wrestling. Four hours of mostly job matches. I, I, I don't have four hours or three and a half or whatever to put into that. I just don't, and I, I don't think most people do. Um, and they're not doing a ton of storyline development. Like I said, they did the Omega thing. I kind of feel like that was because it was the first week and they wanted to kick it off with something a little, you know, bigger. Um, we'll see how it goes moving forward. But anyways, not to take away from what was a Dynamite episode of Dynamite. Uh, pun totally intended there. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk Ring of Honor real quick before we get into, uh, as you mentioned, that other company that we want to talk about, how they are or aren't building things. Uh, just a quick touch on Ring of Honor, because we're going to spend a lot more time on Ring of Honor next week when we do our head-to-head -head for the 19th anniversary show. Uh, they had a, a three-match show this week, I thought, which was nice, because we've kind of fallen into the two-match pattern most weeks. Every once in a while, we get this three-match. Um, Dak Draper, they're obviously building him, uh, because he's getting that title shot at the 19th anniversary show, so as much as I'd like Freddie Ahai to get a little more 
behind him. Yehi is not signed to Ring of Honor, apparently. Draper is. It's just the way it's going to go. Um, and I like Draper. Draper's fine. But um, I just just wish Yehi wasn't the, the guy <laughs> that had to get used there. Uh, I'm forgetting what that second match was, Tom. Uh, the second match was Kenny King versus Tony Deppen. That's right. Yes. Big win for Deppen. Um, big, big win for Deppen. So uh, nice to see that. We'll see. He right now is not announced for anything for the 19th anniversary, uh, as far as I can think of. So interesting that they do that. And and again, they keep kind of teasing dissension within LFI, which I thought maybe was done after the Shane Taylor match uh, and, and King you know, showed his true colors or whatever, but now they still are teasing he and Amy Rose having issues. So uh, it's too early for them to be doing that in my mind, but get away from that stuff. Yeah, Um, it was, and it was two weeks, maybe it wasn't two weeks ago. Maybe it was week by week. He was really, you could, you could say, and and it's not just saying, you you could actually name that he was verbally abusive towards Amy Rose and Quinn McKay like stood up for her. And it's weird, like, in the world we live in now, that's a really risky space to, to let your talent play in. Um, and I don't know that I have more to say on it now. I just thought it was interesting. And then when they ran it back, when they ran that promo back for that backstage segment back on last week's episode, a lot of that like verbal uh, tongue lashing that he directed at Amy Rose was it the whole thing didn't air in its in its entirety now i don't know if that was just a timing thing if that was intentional um yeah not it's it's a place that i wouldn't want talent to go into um considering all of the things that have come out in the last 18 months with you know men and women in the sport of pro wrestling but that i I don't mean i don't mean i didn't mean to go there when talking about ring of honor but that just that came up when you mentioned the, the the dissension so no, no, and it absolutely, I, I had the same feeling when I saw it, it was like, okay, there's edgy, and then there's, maybe just don't go there, um, and and in pro wrestling, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where it goes, and if they if they do go any further, I hope they don't, um, you, you can tease dissension without having that as the reason, um, so yeah, I agree, and then uh, the, the main event was uh, Flamita and Flip Gordon, which uh, Tom's Recording cut off because uh, CBS had something run long. Uh, my my Sinclair station has taken to now, if at least best I can tell, if things run long, Ring of Honor is the thing where they get everything back on schedule. So they show you the very beginning of Ring of Honor. And then if they need to cut 20 minutes, they just cut 20 minutes out of the middle. And all of a sudden you come in in the middle of a match. Um, so I think I missed they, it only ran, whatever was on Fox. Um, Fox is my Sinclair station. Uh, only ran a couple of minutes over, so I, I missed, I think, a couple of minutes of the uh, the first match, um, which I would choose to miss a couple of minutes of the Flamita-Flip Gordon match, not because of Flamita, because I love Flamita. I think Flamita is great. And then there's that other guy in the ring that I just can't stand. Um, and there he was. But he got beat! Woohoo! <laughs> um, so that was good. <laughs> But uh, sets up the Mark Briscoe and Flip Gordon match that we'll talk about next week. Um, I think I think Ring of Honor is clicking right now. I think they're they're building well to their 19th anniversary show. I you know you and I still think they need to do monthly specials on Honor Club. We're preaching to the choir at this point, or or anybody who's listening to us either agrees with us or doesn't, and we're not going to change anybody's mind on that. Um, apparently, we're also not going to change Ring of Honor's mind on that because it doesn't seem that's happening. So, uh, 
I'm looking forward to talking about them a little more in depth next week because we we touch on them most weeks, but but to get a little more time to talk into those stories, I think it'll be fun next week. Yeah, and nine matches already on on the on the card. I I think that's probably where we're going to land. I don't think we're going to get attrition or addition. And I think I misspoke a few weeks ago because I was treating March Madness the NCAA tournament like I normally would in years past, where it runs Thursday through Sunday. Well. That's not the case this year. Today, it's Friday. We're recording on Friday, and the tournament really begins today. The first four were yesterday, but round one really gets going today, and round two will wrap up on Monday, which never have I ever in my life, and we're going on 30-plus years of me making this a tradition of watching March Madness, have they ever gone into Monday to complete the first round? Uh, Consequently, then next weekend, I think they're not beginning – round three and four, the Sweet 16 Elite Eight, until Saturday. So it's going to go Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, which, if that is how it's actually playing out, and I believe that's the case, my my Friday night for the anniversary show that I thought was going to be uh, overtaken by March Madness may be available for me to watch this. And again, for $10 to, to subscribe to Honor Club for a month to get this anniversary show, uh, that is, it's almost a no-brainer. Not there yet. Uh, there might be a couple other life factors that prevent that from happening. Um, daughter getting called up to varsity basketball. Districts begin next week. Playoffs in the state of Michigan. Um, the district final could be Friday, and they have a good shot of getting there. So um, that could compete. But again, either way, good stuff yeah it'll be interesting i i I am as well i have uh because as i mentioned here before i run a trivia company i have trivia counting uh last night seven out of the next eight nights including sunday through thursday um so friday night i'm free but i also will not have seen my wife for most of the week so we'll see um it might be saturday before i i decide to sit down and and take that time Uh, you can just say honey I know it's not our anniversary, but it's Ring of Honor's anniversary, and I think we should celebrate it together. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, and I can say this uh, because people on the, the podcast will know. Um, she actually asked me over the weekend, uh, or over this last week, I'm sorry, while well, we've been on vacation, uh, when WrestleMania was. And so I told her it's April 10th and 11th. And I said, why? You know, because it was just like a question I don't know that she's ever asked me before, unless I was maybe when I, when I went to some WrestleMania, she might ask just so that she knew what dates I'd be gone. And I'm not going to Tampa this year. And I said, why, why do you ask? And she said, well, I thought maybe I'd watch some of it to honor Ted. And I said, which is my brother. And you guys all know, passed away in August. And I said, well, that would be really cool. And she said, I might have to drink through it, though. And I said, that's okay. We can do that, too. So uh, we'll see. I, I don't know that I can talk her into Ring of she, – she saw much of Final Battle because I watched that um, as, an honor, as an honor to Ted. And uh, I ended up watching it upstairs. And, and so she did – she was in the room while it was on. I won't say she watched most of it, but um, so you know, she she might be open to WrestleMania. I don't know that I can talk her into another show on top of that. Well, and um, and, and we know that our WrestleMania recap, whatever that looks like, is going to be delayed because of what we've already discussed and shared here. Yeah. Um, I think I know the name of that episode, though. Our that podcast episode is WrestleMania the recap. You needed to drink through it, or maybe maybe not. <laughs> Right, which uh, is a great segue to us to do our head-to-head picks for WWE Fastlane this weekend. Uh, let me get rid of the Ring of Honor for those uh, three people who watch us on YouTube. Um, but, Enter- uh, ent- entering Fastlane, the current standings are Tom twenty-eight yeah. and six, Jim twenty-six and eight, 
And uh, we're going to dive in here uh, momentarily with, uh, with yeah. those, and you'll be making the first pick uh, because of the current state of the records. So, which the nice part is, there's two matches that we're going to talk about first that may or may not happen, may or may not be matches, all of that sort of thing. So I'll make the first pick on one, which also means that I'll get to make the first pick on number three, which will be the first match that we actually think is announced and might happen and all of that. So it actually, it actually will work out very well. The first thing let's talk about, WWE is promoting Randy Orton is going to take on Alexa Bliss this Sunday at Fastlane. Now, Alexa invited Randy on Monday night. If I read everything right, I did not see Monday Night Raw. Um, and from everything I've read, that's three hours of my life that I've used in a better way uh, than watching that show. Alexa invited Randy to kick her out of his life, which obviously is hinting at the punt kick that we've seen from Randy Orton before. And usually when we see the punt kick, we also don't see that person for some length of time. Sometimes it sends them all the way to AEW. But in this case, I don't think that's going to happen with Alexa. I don't think she's going to debut in AEW. Uh, I, I don't think this is going to be a match. I just think this is going to be... I don't even know if it happens in the ring, to be perfectly honest. It may be a cinematic kind of thing uh, in the back or in Alexa's playground or something. Um, I don't think Randy Orton punt kicks Alexa Bliss. I think they tease it. Um, and then the lights go out. And maybe this is where The Fiend returns, setting up what we expect and we've been expecting for months to be The Fiend and Randy Orton at WrestleMania. Maybe in a Firefly Funhouse match, although... I think you're going to, I don't think, I've seen that listed as, you know, that's the ex expectation. I don't think you should do that this year. Uh, a, you did it last year, so you don't want to do it every year. And B, if you're going to do it, then change it. It's, I don't think you should do a cinematic match when you have 25,000 people sitting in a stadium. Uh, so I hope that's not the plan because 25,000 people just watching a screen for 15 or 20 minutes, dumb when you've had a whole year of not having that many people watching wrestling and reacting live, don't do that. Uh, so hopefully if they, I expect it's going to be some sort of a gimmick match at mania, but don't, don't do it the way you did. He and Cena last year. I enjoyed the firefly Funhouse match last year, but we were in a very different place last year. There was nobody at WrestleMania, obviously nobody, not even, you know, planted fans and, and trainees, but um, so we're going to go ahead and make a pick on this. We both kind of expect that, um, that it probably isn't going to end in a fall of any kind. Um, but I'm, I'm going to take Alexa bliss just because it's the only thing that makes any sense in the world. Because again, to go back to what you talked about with Kenny King and Amy Rose, I, he can't really have Randy Orton. I mean, I guess he already has RK odor. He can't have him kick her in the head and pin her. I just don't see it. So some sort of distraction, the fiend. Um, and, and if there's a fall, it's Alexa getting the fall because of that. I just don't think it ends in a fall, though. I'm going to just make it fun and go with my pick being Randy Orton because I don't know. I also agree with you. I think this is going to be angle and maybe not an actual match, but if it is, you may get a chance to get one up on me here. Uh, before I – I really can't add more to what, you're, what you've said in, in talking about this. It's, it's really goofy. Um, and and, and – I've liked pretty much everything they've done with this angle and with this feud. But since The Fiend has been torched, it's had really, really low lows and, and some decent highs. Um, 
I don't know where we go this Sunday for this. But I want to park there for a second and just make a generalized statement, and and we'll get back to picks. But this is the first pay-per-view. This is the first event on Peacock. And I feel like it is the one of, if not the most underwhelming card that they are giving us, giving fans. Now, I mean, this is not just about us, right? We're obviously talking about it, and we're, we, 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 we invest time in this product. Who knows why sometimes, but we do. Um, but this is the debut on Peacock, and you've got six matches announced, and they're the six matches we're talking about today. I don't know. I feel like I feel like something got clogged in the machine because, and we'll talk about this with the next match. I think the, the, the next match kind of makes sense, but it literally got booked six days ago or from when it's going to happen. So, and it may not I, be happening. Right. So, so, so I, I, I really want to hear your opinion or your take on the. This, we're going to talk about each match, of course, but the, just the general like launch of WWE Network on Peacock and this being like the like if if you're trying to bring new eyes why are you why are they the collective they the relationship with NBC Universal Peacock and WWE just doing this and this meaning what they're giving us on Sunday yeah i at first i thought why wouldn't wrestlemania be the the first thing like that you giveaway that was the first thing on the wwe network wrestlemania was the first pay-per-view on the wwe network why wouldn't you do that with peacock then i thought well they want to work all the bugs out which they shouldn't really have a lot of bugs right now they've been doing this for six seven years whatever in the world it's been um and i know it's not the exact same system but um so interestingly enough this will air on both the wwe network and peacock because the network doesn't shut down until april 4th um, subscribers did get an email. Tom, I don't know if you're a current subscriber. I know you were kind of up in the air. Okay, so you've seen as well that we did get an email that said we'll get a prorated refund, which for me is going to be like six days because I think I bill on like the 10th. Um, prorated refund of our, of our March payment that went through, um, which, okay, fine, cool. You know, that that's the right way to handle that. So good job, WWE. Um, but, you know, so this is the work that kinks out I agree with you. It is such an underwhelming card. Um, I think you've got a good story and a good match for the main event, which what I assume will be the main event. Um, you've got an okay semi-main. Um, we'll talk about that with Drew and Sheamus. But after that, it's just a little bit like, well, we don't quite know what we want to do for WrestleMania yet, so how do we put a card together? Let's throw some matches together and make it seem like... I, I joked with you right before we started recording that this could be like SmackDown Plus because... If, if the Shane and Braun match doesn't happen, we're going to talk about that in just a minute because there's some rumblings. Everything seems to have disappeared online about that. If Alexa and Randy is just an, an angle, which we kind of think it will be, of the four matches then that will be left, three of them are SmackDown matches. So this is like SmackDown with a bonus Raw main event thrown in, um, or not even main event, but main event to, to that, um, to the show. Sorry, I ran my hand across the laptop and Everything went away. Um, good. You're still there. Um, but uh, it just, yeah, underwhelming. I have to admit, um, and I've mentioned this before, I have a trivia night that runs until 7 o'clock uh, Central Time. Pay-per-view starts at 6 o'clock Central Time. Uh, so I'm not home until about 8 o'clock that night. Uh, Katie and I have talked about it. I probably will watch it because um, 
you know, that she spent lots of time with me this week while we've been on PTO. Um, she didn't want to see my face anymore by Sunday night. So, um, so, but uh, if I don't end up watching it um, when I get home on Sunday night, unless something really cool happens that I feel like I need to go back and see, I don't know that I'd go back to watch this, to be perfectly honest. And we might have reactions next week based on just what we've read and, and highlights we've seen on YouTube and, and that sort of thing. I, I wouldn't be stunned if that happens. If I get home on Sunday night and I'm just like, you know what? Not feeling it. Not going to, not going to do it. Yeah. I, I definitely think that I may want to only tune in for the main event, but we'll, we're not there yet. So the next match in our pick'em is like you've matched you named and what I will be calling the double dare um, challenge match after what happened yeah, on Monday. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, well, for first and foremost, the fact that this got announced for fast lane again, six days out when I really thought it was going to be earmarked for WrestleMania just leaves me with a lot of questions and maybe they're not questions. If you're listening, you're like, Tom, come on. You've been around this cycle with WWE over and over again. They, they ex expect the expected with them. Like if they haven't booked something, know that they're going to try to pull it off in six days. Like this nonsense that's been building for three weeks. And it's just been really, really poor. Again, I said before, I don't need to see Shane McMahon on my screen. I really don't need to see Braun Strowman. If they were it, so juxtaposed to my opinion about them not doing a, a strong launch on Peacock, the way I would have loved to have seen this go down, not this match specifically, but like to get us to this eventually at what I think will be WrestleMania. Because no matter what happens Sunday, if this match actually happens or if it turns into an angle, I think these two are destined for WrestleMania. I think, and I don't know how easier or hard it would have been, I think it's easier than harder, but I don't know, would have been. Shane McMahon says, you know what, Braun? I'm not going to give you what you want, which is me. You actually get Goldberg. Because Goldberg and Braun had the thing from WrestleMania last year. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, one thing or another. I think it would have made sense that Goldberg would have beat Braun. Because then you have Goldberg elevated again off of Drew, having lost there. And he's then primed for whenever they use him again, be it WrestleMania or something else. And you can have Goldberg win because of Shane. Now, does that make... Shane or Goldberg de facto heel. He already was kind of living in that space. But again, I can't tell who the heel in this issue is. Is it Braun? Because he doesn't really see... He's being bullied by Shane, but he's also not really being like overwhelmingly empathetic for fans to want to connect to, at least from my perspective. Anyway, I spent way more words talking about something I really don't care about than I mean to. I'm picking Shane to win here which is why Braun will put something on the line or they'll incentivize it in some way that Braun gets the rematch at Mania and then they'll, they'll do a stunt show and, you know, it's the typical Shane McMahon where he falls off of something that's 30 feet high. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, you can't do this on tele, you can't do that on television memorial match. Um, this angle has been so bad, so bad. The whole Shane McMahon calling him stupid. Yo, you're stupid. You're stupid. They're like, are you four? Like, the whole thing just plays off. Well, don't they have a Be a Star campaign, which is about anti-bullying? Yes. Okay. And, I just... and if you did this this angle and somehow used that Be a Star campaign 
as the backdrop for it. Like, hey, see, this is what we're not supposed to do because we're supposed to be a star like Braun and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It wouldn't it make more sense for Shane to maybe bully they're on raw. So I, I was going to use Dominic Mysterio, but somebody on raw, I don't pick somebody who's, you know, a lower card guy, somebody who's running around in the 24 seven chase, which bad bunny can't take a fall to lose the 24 seven title. Are you freaking kidding me? Got to um, protect his aura, bro. Oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> come on. Like the whole 24 seven thing is on a ha ha. So he can slip on a banana peel and, you know, get the, Take the three count, geez, Louise. Anyways, well, that's a whole hold, story. Hang on, though. He got hit. He got hit and laid out by the Miz with a guitar. That would have been a great opportunity. Five minutes later, right? Right for our truth to 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 pin him and get the belt back. I digress. Yep, We're not there. We're not there. Here's the title. I am Andre. I am giving the title to Ted DiBiase. Yes, uh, that sounded like Andre was Russian, but anyways, we'll we'll leave that where it was. Um, this has just been a pathetic build um but my, oh, what i was saying was wouldn't it make more sense for shane to be bullying lince dorado let's just use him for a, you know a smaller guy and braun to be the one who comes in and is the one who stands up to the bully right bullying braun just i don't know the whole thing seems stupid because you know if braun gets his hands on him he's going to pummel the guy because he's far bigger than him and what is the green slime like I, uh, did they watch that nickelodeon did an NFL playoff game, and and so they saw slime and went, oh, that'll be funny. We'll do that. Like, had Vince never seen Nickelodeon before, and he just saw it for the first time and was like, we're going to do slime. Um, I, stupid. This whole thing is stupid, if we want to use that term um, from Shane. And, and I'm with you. If this even happens, because now it's disappeared from Twitter and from WWE's uh, preview of on their website of this show, there's no mention. The only mention of Shane is from when he worked fast lane a couple of years back. Um if it happens, Shane wins because then that if Braun wins, there's no reason to do the match again at WrestleMania. And you have to think this is what both of them are doing at Mania because otherwise you got like three weeks to turn around and book something else. Not to say they wouldn't do that because they certainly have before. But um, yeah, uh, we need a we need a match one of the nights uh, during WrestleMania to go and get some popcorn at the concession stand. So they're gonna have Shane win this so that um, everybody can get some popcorn at WrestleMania. Cause it's going to take a little longer because it's all cashless and masks and all that fun stuff that they'll be doing uh, at Mania. So, yeah. okay, way more time than we needed to spend on that. Let's talk about something that's actually been built a little bit better, um, although it has its own blah part to, to me, and that's the Intercontinental title match between Big E, who I'm loving the push he's getting as the Intercontinental champ, uh, taking on Apollo Crews, who I'm loving that he's getting a push. But... <laughs> Why is he Prince Nana's illegitimate son now? Like, and and, and to, to, to that point, why have they not brought in Prince Nana? I mean, just, he's out there, do it. Like, if you're going to go all the way with this, I know Nana's from Ghana, but use him. Why not? Um, the weird Nigerian accent that Apollo has randomly picked up, uh, that apparently he just did a really good job hiding for the last, like, four years he's been in NXT and WWE, or whatever, I'm, I'm making up that number of years, I haven't looked it up, but um, he just hit it. It never slipped through in a promo before, um, and now all of a sudden, he's a Nigerian true prince. I, I also, again, maybe I'm just being way too sensitive to the world we live in right now, but when he says he's a true African-American, 
the wording just strikes me weird. Like, I feel like I know he's a heel, so we're not supposed to like him. And, and that should make us mad that he says that. But it's just. I don't know. It, it's weird it, in a. So to me, what he's inferring is that Biggie is not a true African-American. Um, and I just, I, again, I don't want to play in the race lines. It's, it's way too hot button of a topic right now to play in those lines in a, in a program that's supposed to be an escape. Yes. It's supposed to mirror real life in some ways, but it's also supposed to be an escape. It's an entertainment Avenue. I, there are sometimes I want to watch entertainment that's challenging to me. You know, there's some movies and TV shows and documentaries and things like that, that I want to watch because they challenge me. Pro wrestling is not that for me personally. I don't want pro wrestling to challenge me. I want to be able to kind of turn my mind off and I don't do a good job of that because uh, I'm part of a podcast that talks about wrestling every week. So clearly I don't turn my mind off well enough while I watch pro wrestling, but um, I, I, you know, I want it to be intelligent, but I don't, I don't need it to tackle the tough issues of the day. Also because I don't trust Vince McMahon to tackle the tough issues of the day in a way that is at all um, right or good or anything. Um, so I, I feel both ways about this. I love that Apollo Cruz is getting a little bit more of a spotlight. I think Apollo Cruz is a talented guy. Um, he has shown a little more, even with the goofy accent in that, I think he's shown a little more personality on the mic than maybe we've seen from him before. Again, I don't think you need the goofy accent to make him, to have him do that. Um, so I like that Apollo Cruz is getting that. I like that Biggie um, has a storyline around the Intercontinental title, and it's not just kind of this random, you still have the Sami Zayn thing out there too, which I think maybe that could be WrestleMania, could be Sami and Biggie, or it could still be Biggie and Apollo. Or this might turn into a cluster ladder match where we have five or six people coming for the Intercontinental title too at WrestleMania. All that said, I don't put the belts on Apollo here. Um, I I think you're building Big E to where Big E could, if you do it right, be a Royal Rumble winner next year. He could be in one of your top matches at WrestleMania next year. I think Big E wins here, and I, I frankly, I'm going to spoil my pick Um if that happens. I, I think he keeps the belt at WrestleMania too because I think Big E holding a title at WrestleMania a singles title walking out of WrestleMania uh, makes sense. The only way that I would have Cruz win here is if you're going to turn around and have Big E win it back at Mania. But I just, I I don't like flip-flopping for flip-flopping. I, I think we're already doing that with the WWE title. So I just don't want to see too much of that happening where we just, well, let's put it on the heel so the good guy can win it at WrestleMania in a month. Um, I don't want to see too much of that. So I'm going to go Big E here. Uh, Tom, what are you thinking? Yeah, Big E is my pick as well. I, 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 I can definitely see WWE doing what you just said, having Apollo Crews win the belt here so Big E gets the rematch at WrestleMania and gets his win in front of whatever amount of fans are there. You know, and and, and having that tape live in, live in perpetuity of that celebration is something that I think that they would do. I don't trust them to do it. I don't trust them not to do it. I feel like it's, it could be a coin flip, but I'm going to err on the side of having Big E retain because – even though kind of Apollo has launched a new element of his character, I don't know how long, what type of shelf life it has. Um, we joked, you know, you said Prince Nana. I said it's like, you know, mimicking Coming to America 2, which has been released on Amazon Prime. Um, and, in the, and I'm guessing in theaters, in certain places where theaters are open, um, 
again, that's tongue in cheek and it's not meant to diminish the character he's trying to be. But when he comes out with the accent, it's just, you have you, 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 you grab the lowest hanging fruit there. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, because when I was listening to you and processing, was Apollo not like one of the big debuts after WrestleMania last year? I know it was a non-traditional year, but I, I felt like he was one of the people that like hey, kind of came back to the surface. Oh, okay. maybe came back to the surface. Um, yeah, I'm, and we don't have to spend time necessarily digging in on, on, on it hardcore, but my, 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 my point in asking that question or just presenting that idea is you typically see guys get reinvigorated when they come back the day after WrestleMania and arguably Apollo, it was a little bit staggered because of COVID, but then he got the U S title and had that run and was really doing strong things. And then much like another guy, but in a different way, Keith Lee, things have really staggered from the fall until now, and more so with Keith Lee than it is for Apollo Crews. But at least Apollo Crews, they put a fresh coat of paint on him with this gimmick, and and they're trying something else. I don't know. It, does, it It's not landing with me. Um, and, yeah. And and you are right. I was just reading up uh... – he he got traded to Raw on April sixth last year, so okay. I believe he did debut on Raw um, right after Mania. He actually is his first debut was the day after WrestleMania in twenty sixteen, so okay. we're five years into his main roster run, which doesn't that seems way shorter. Yeah. Um, I would guess he's at five years on the main roster. Well, Tom, you get the first pick on the next match, uh, which is the women's tag team title match. Yeah, so much like we talked about a second ago with, you know, you never know what WWE's going to do with titles and if they want to flip them, if they want to, like, do weird things. Here, you've got Nia and Shayna, who kind of are teasing dissension, but that's always been there. And now you've got Reginald in the mix. And then you've got Sasha and Bianca, who are going to be challengers. But WWE loves to do the challengers who are also champions at the same time bit. They've done that for years and in many different places and spaces. I don't know which way I lean here. I, 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 I'm I going to lean and I'm going to pick Nia and Shayna to retain. I feel like we're, we're going to end up with a multi-woman match at WrestleMania, like a four-way for the titles. And you've got like your Naomi's and Lana's and Dana Brooks and Mandy Rose's and uh, add another team in there um, that are part of that equation. Uh, and you get Sasha Bianca straight up just for the SmackDown title, which is what I hope that it would be. I would hate for them. And again, they could do it because that's very WWE-esque of them. Have the titles change here. Have then lose them in the next three weeks before WrestleMania, and that issue adds to the dissension or their issue. No, their issue should be Sasha is the boss, she's the champion, Bianca is elevating, and this is her time to shine. We have to pause here. We have to actually get out of the fast lane and go into the uh, carpool zone for this match before we get back on track for WrestleMania. So Nia and Shane are my pick. See, I, I knew this wasn't going to be a fun podcast today, not because I don't enjoy being with you. I just, this card and this this WWE right now, it's like a batch of Sour Patch Kids. And I love Sour Patch Kids, but sour taste in my mouth. So I apologize. 
That is an analogy I never thought we would make here on Two Spot Monkeys, but there it is. Two uh, two two Sour Patch Kids uh, live. Um, so uh, yeah, I I I see why you can go both ways on this, but I I'm with you in that I think Nia and Shayna win for all of the reasons you just said. I think we're headed towards that uh, triple threat, maybe fatal four way. Uh, maybe you throw an Italian Tamina in there for the the SmackDown side. Um, I, I was trying to think of, of women on the SmackDown side who um, have teamed up lately, and that seems to have been a little bit of a team. Um, you could do something with Carmella, who I kind of feel bad for Carmella. I feel like she's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle here um, on the SmackDown side. And, you know, Reginald has become the star of that act, which, don't get me wrong, he's um, he's a talented guy, you know, Cirque du Soleil performer and all of that. Um, but he's kind of broken away and, and been more involved in this Sasha and Bianca thing and Carmella has been forgotten really in this I feel like so so I feel bad for her maybe Carmella can team up with somebody I don't know who that would be uh, I, I don't think you see Rhea Ripley um, here in in the tag match at Wrestlemania I hope not anyways so um, maybe Carmella and Bailey could team up I you know I'm just like grabbing at straws here but um, because you got to get Bailey on the WrestleMania card somewhere, you would think too. But, anyways, we're not talking about WrestleMania. We're talking about the carpool, uh, the fast lane. Um, so I'm gonna go Nia and Shayna. I just don't understand why Sasha and Bianca are getting another shot. Really, um, they have the shot. I, I just feel like they made this match because, well, we want to get Sasha and Bianca on the show because they're gonna have their match at WrestleMania. So we got to do something with them. So let's do the same thing we did last month with them and have them challenge for the tag titles again creative process in WWE is an oxymoron is what it is. Um, well, let's go to maybe the two matches that I think have the best build and probably have the best shot at being the best matches. Although Biggie and Apollo will be good in, in ring and really the women's tag. There's, there's nobody in there. Well, Nia um, isn't necessarily awesome in the ring, but if she kind of sticks to what she does, um, Shayna, Sasha and Bianca are all great in the ring. So, in, this could be one of those shows where creatively it makes zero sense and you're just like, what are you doing? But in ring, it's fine. Um, none of these matches should be total stinkers outside of Shane and Braun, which might not even happen. And whatever they do with Randy and Alexa. But Drew and Sheamus, uh, this has been, I, I thought this was going to be the WrestleMania match, to be perfectly honest. Whether it was for the title or not, I thought this is where they were going to go for WrestleMania. Obviously, they're not. They've already announced Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley for the title, which I like that too. Uh, makes me wonder what Sheamus is going to do at WrestleMania. Is he going to end up in the Battle Royal? Because they're going to have to really pivot and get him something going if he's going to have a singles match, which, frankly, I think Sheamus has earned a singles match at WrestleMania. Um, I think he has has been good in this role that they have him in as the, the bitter heel. Um, he's always been a better heel than a babyface to me. Um, Sheamus just plays that role really well. So... Um, this is still my pick. Yeah, this is my pick first. Yes, right. Okay. Um, didn't want to jump in front of you. Who is yours? Um, I, you don't beat Drew McIntyre on the road to WrestleMania when he's going to be in one of your main events. You just don't. So I think it'll be a good battle. I think Drew's going to give Sheamus a lot because they are friends outside of um, the ring. And I think he definitely wants his friend to look strong and look good. Um, so I don't think this is going to be a, you know, two-minute squash or anything like that. I think it's going to be a war. It's going to be physical. Uh, I think it could be a fun match, actually, all in all. If I do end up seeing the show, I don't think I'll hate this. Um, but Claymore, one, two, three, Drew wins. 
So, I'm sorry. One, two, three, Claymore. One, two, three, Drew wins. For those of you watching on YouTube, yeah, I just did the one, two, three in the air visually without counting it out loud. So, okay. March one, these two have a match and Drew McIntyre wins and defeats Sheamus. Makes sense. It maybe ties in, ties up a loose end from Elimination Chamber. Not that they necessarily called that out. March 8th on Raw, they have a no DQ match building off of the match they had the previous Monday where Drew McIntyre did pin Sheamus, mind you. And they fight to a no contest. And they brutalize the crap out of each other. If you looked at any of the social media or WWE that week or these two guys, they were battered. So it would seem to have made sense that leading to Monday, March 15th, that something with these two led to either this match or something on Raw. I don't know. We're still ending up here, but here's where I have a problem with this. You had Drew McIntyre face The Miz. That's fine. Why not? have made it a three-way with Sheamus in the mix because he has an issue with Drew still because that would have maybe helped get you to Fastlane and the why. But you didn't. You had Sheamus fight Lashley in a non-title match and Lashley looked pretty darn dominant. So you've got now Sheamus fighting Drew who's challenging Lashley, who got the shot with Lashley, not for any reason that they've really articulated well other than the fact that he truly deserves it. I think fans know in their minds and their hearts Drew McIntyre deserves it because he was robbed by The Miz. But you could have done something on Raw, in my opinion. And we even talked about it a week ago. We talked about the history of the lineage of the history uh, of of Drew and Lashley. The last pinfall loss and a pay-per-view from Lashley, June of last year. And then maybe that wasn't last week. Maybe it was two weeks ago. Either way, we talked about it right here. We're fans. We don't get paid to do this for a living. But writers that get paid to do this for a living and put on a TV product that's supposed to draw ratings and be a place where advertisers want to want to pay to advertise, it's recycled garbage. And I just don't understand. Like, you could have done something on Raw where, whereas you made this match. I'm happy. I'm not, I have no problem with this match happening. And I think there's still an unresolved issue going back to March 8th. But make something be on the line here. Have, have, you know, Drew could have said, you know, we had a war, but I was dominant in the end. Well, Sheamus then could have goaded him to say, well, if you think you're all that, put your shot on the line. But then Sheamus couldn't have fought Lashley the same night because by Lashley defeating Sheamus, in my mind, he's already out of the picture. So unless you wanted to get to a three-way at Mania, and maybe they do, I don't know. I would rather have them not. I'd rather have them stick with Lashley versus Drew. Uh, again, I, I lamented on this enough just 30 seconds ago. I will say this. Why don't you have Bobby Lashley doing something on Sunday? And, and, and I'm sure he'll show up. I'm sure he'll be present. But you could have done something with him. I don't know what that would have been because I haven't given it that much thought. But I think that I could have given it some thought. And I'm sure I could have, I should, we collectively could come up with something where, again, this is your debut on Peacock. You're focusing on an important world champion, your universal champion, which we're going to talk about momentarily, but you're not focusing on your WWE champion. 
Okay. I'm going to stop. There. Shows you where he stands in things, huh? Hopefully not. I mean, hopefully, it's, I mean, you would love to say it's an oversight, but come on. You, you, you're a billion dollar if, company. You, if, if it's an oversight, anybody who overlooks the WWE champion should be fired. Period. In a sense. Like, it, it's an oversight when you're like, oh, we haven't done anything with Carmella for a few weeks. That's an oversight. Oh, we didn't follow up on Peyton Royce at the Survivor Series. That's an oversight that I keep bringing up. Um, you can't overlook your WWE champion. You just, I mean, your top like four champions, if you count uh, the WWE, the Universal, and your two main women's champions. Now, Asuka had been out with an injury. Now, she did come back on Monday. So, uh, again, a little bit strange maybe that they haven't done anything with her here yet, but I think they were holding out to see. Um, it was a concussion, and those are, are non-linear injuries, as Stefania Bell always says on the Fantasy Football uh, podcast that I listen to. Um, so I, I can give a pass on Asuka. Um, you know, she may yet have something to do here, too, because let's be honest, if Shane and Braun doesn't happen and Alexa and Randy is an angle, they're going to have to add a couple of matches here um, the you night have, of. You have to think that a New Day versus her business rematch gets added on. That could happen, um, although they've already announced New Day's match for WrestleMania, so maybe or maybe not. Yeah. Let's not um, go there either. That, that's right. that's we'll, going to we'll be, be a doozy. That weeks. That's going to be a doozy. Oh my word! Uh, yeah, yeah, almost can set them down like a baby again. Um, but uh, you know, uh, Riddle Ali, I think uh, Mustafa Ali and Riddle could be added to the Zero One and One. And Ali even made that challenge. I want to say on Raw Talk. Um, you would think they could have followed up and put that on on Twitter the next day, like coming up this Sunday, Riddle is accepted, you know, U.S. title match. Why would we want to put that out before the day of the show? Make anybody excited to see something. Remember um, things on Raw Talk, Jim, don't exist in the big universe. Oh, that's right. It's, it's a bubble. It's a, it is its own bubble. Um, so, you know, it, they're going to have to add some stuff. But all that being said, I believe you picked Drew as well. Tom, yes. Am I yeah. correct in that? Yeah. Yes. Sorry um, if I if, if if all of my complaining didn't make my pick clear. <laughs> I apologize. And listeners, thanks for thanks for bearing with me in this. I'm I'm in I'm in a little bit of a mood. <laughs> well, hopefully this last match, which you get to pick first, Tom, um, maybe will bring you out of that mood a little bit, um, because I think easily the best. I, I think the Randy Alexa story has been, although peaks and valleys. When it's peaked, I think it's been very good. When it's valleyed, they just most of the valleys, frankly, haven't been that they've done anything poorly in that story, although there's a few things that, you know, the Papa Shango-esque things that I could go, eh, okay. Um, but the, the valleys in that story have just been when they forget to mention it. Like, Randy's out and absolutely nothing happens around the feed. Um, but I think in the Universal title match, they've been telling an interesting story along the way here. Um, so you have Roman Reigns against Daniel Bryan, and either Edge or Jey Uso, I think is, I've seen it written both ways. And I, I admit I didn't see SmackDown last week, so I'm not 100% sure. Is it that they are the special referee or the special enforcing referee? I, I think it's the latter. That's what I recall reading. Um, so and, and, they're the second referee then at that point, if it's the enforcing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but we know how that goes. I mean, and I'm sure we'll right. talk about it next week. You know, there's whomever, whomever is the ref is going to get knocked down. And yeah. Yeah. The refs, when they see the assignments for that show, go, oh, great, I'm getting my butt kicked. Cool, I got bored. I got the Universal title match. <laughs> right, right. So so tonight on SmackDown, we're recording before SmackDown airs. You know, Edge and Jey Uso are fighting for this opportunity. Right. I, you have to think it's Edge, um, but I don't know that it's a, a slam dunk. It's probably like maybe 
maybe 85, 15, you know, if they wanted to do something goofy where like they stack the deck against Brian, that's why it would be Jay. Um, but again, edge and Brian seem to be a little bit at, at odds too, because they both want the glory of being the universal champion. Um, I think it makes more sense because I don't think that the destination changes. The destination is Roman Reigns versus edge at WrestleMania. Um, I think it's interesting that you are uh, – here's a good question. You could – not that it's a, a new thing, but you could promote Edge's you know, singles return at Fastlane and have this match be the first match on the card, and then they become the special enforcer for the main event. Again, why would you not want to bring more eyes? Again, I recognize, too, why they want to bring eyes to SmackDown. They want to draw ratings there, too, so having this match tonight makes sense. Um, again, which master are you serving is the question I think WWE needs to think about asking and answering all the time. And I don't know what that struggle looks like. Um, Roman, this is, yes, this, so we're going to end on a very positive note. I very much, no matter what, whether I end up watching this show live and almost for like a leave the memories alone, like, I, you know, swan song to WWE network. I kind of want to sit down Sunday and like, you know, have a farewell, you know, I've been doing really well. Like I talked at the end of 2020, want to watch wrestling without, you know, drinking and, and, and getting buzzed at all because I want to, you know, have wrestling as pure and as authentic as it can be and not be, uh, not, not have a little cocktail in me. I may on Sunday, if I end up sitting down to watch the show, may have a cocktail in hand and toast the network as I watch. Uh, if nothing else, this match for sure. Um, but yeah, this match is going to be great. I, I am, we we can't we can't talk enough or or sing the praises of Daniel Bryan uh, loudly enough. Uh, forever and ever, Amen. He is one of the best in the world, and will forever be one of the best in the world. Uh, he's done a great job here. Roman has been the perfect foil for him, and the whole package of Roman since he came back last August through now, the guy has been the probably the most believable character. Um, it's surprising to say that I, I would have, if you would have said to me six months ago, you know, do you think that heading into WrestleMania that Roman and Drew will be pretty much like the two hottest acts? I would have said yes, but to me, Drew McIntyre has, has cooled considerably, not for his own uh, doing. It's the way that he's being packaged and presented. They're not doing that with Roman. So thank goodness that, that they're doing something right uh, and, and that something right is Roman Reigns and this presentation and this whole aura. Um, I expect something upwards of a match of the year quality type match here, um, which I would say is you know not on the norm for a Raw or SmackDown talent. Not that they're not capable, just it's not what they tend to do. Um, I have Roman Reigns retaining because, uh, as I alluded to, I think we're going to get a ref bump. I think that um, Roman's going to end up like having a clear pinfall over Daniel Bryan, and Edge is going to have to be the one to force himself to look at Roman, maybe eye to eye or face to face, and count that pinfall, setting up their destiny for their WrestleMania clash. Yeah, I I've gone. I haven't gone a few different ways on this, but my one fear is always that WWE tends to like to throw triple threats in um, because they can't figure out what else to do with people. So they make it a triple threat and I can see where this could lead that way. I don't necessarily want that. 
as much as I wanted Daniel Bryan in the Universal title match, I don't want it in a triple threat match. Now, this adds to the other question that I asked with the last match. If Daniel loses here, which I, I do think he will, what do you do with Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania? I mean, you could do Daniel Bryan, Jay Uso. That wouldn't be a, a far um, pivot to be able to, to do that. Um, and, and that would be good. And, and also, you know, give Jay Uso credit. Uh, for the work he's done as a singles wrestler over the last six, eight months, whatever it's been in this singles run. Um, so so potentially that could work uh, because I do think, again, Daniel Bryan needs to be on the WrestleMania card and will be on the WrestleMania card somewhere. Um, breaking news, though, Tom, before I make my pick here, just announced in the last hour while we've been recording this, the hosts for WrestleMania at Raymond James Stadium have been announced. Hosts, plural. There are two of them. Do you have any guesses? Have you seen that announcement yet? Let me ask that. I, no, I have not. I have not. And do you have any guesses as to who the hosts might be? They are not a package deal, I will tell you. They are two single. Uh, okay. I, I was going to go package deal, and I was going to go uh, Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady. Just because I, you know, I wanted, I thought they wanted to pay off Gronk from a year ago, and why not bring his buddy Tom along for the ride? But would uh, make some sense. Any any guesses? No, the, no, that, that was be, before you said non-package deal. That was literally, and then and I, and I believe that Tom Brady would not ever put himself in that spot. Now Gronk, we know, we know that he'll stoop to all sorts of lower <laughs> levels. So, so if I tell you the first host is the immortal Hulk Hogan. Okay, I mean, who, who would the second pick be if Hogan's the first? Uh, I mean, I feel like it's got to be so out of left field. Um, Otherwise, why would I build it this way, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, ah, man, um, can you? Is it a male or a female? Male. Male. Okay. Um, Paul Rudd. Titus O'Neil. Titus O'Neill have been announced as the hosts for WrestleMania uh, 37. I mean, I feel like Titus O'Neill is a big deal in the Tampa area, so I guess that makes sense. And Hulk, of course, is a big deal in the Tampa area because, you know, it's like he's been... Got... And, and I know they've used Titus for a lot of goodwill ambassador kind of things. He's a very well-spoken guy, very intelligent guy. I like Titus O'Neill, but man, that just feels like a weird pairing. And maybe they won't do it together. Maybe it'll just be, you know... Hulk will do some things and, and Titus will do some others, but I, well, can, I just thought it made me laugh. So, and, and we want to end up this. We, I don't think you've made your pick yet. So, I, you, I, we, I, we, so we are going to finish on a positive note. So I am going to make this statement. Let's let us not forget that Hulk Hogan is on record having made racist statements before. So yes. having Hulk Hogan and an African-American man be the hosts together. Again, that's water under a bridge. That's long been, driven past but again wounds are wounds and and right. scars are scars so and, and some african-american current roster stars have been very hard on hogan um around that and rightfully so um so yeah i i, I saw it just went yep tom's not gonna guess this nobody would who would guess this pair <laughs> Well, they here's the thing. It's it's just the, the the we are we actually were on to something. We're actually bookers for WWE. We are gonna the BSR campaign is gonna get relaunched at WrestleMania. Titus is gonna get involved with the Shane and Braun. It's all gonna it, it all makes sense in the end. 
right. Just just hang with us. We'll make it all make sense. I don't even know if you and I could save some of that crap. But um, so let's go back to uh, the the strong note of I totally agree with you. Reigns has been awesome. My thing is, and and maybe I'm going to tip my hat a little bit to how I'm thinking WrestleMania goes. Although I want to see how they build the next three four weeks before I'll officially obviously make our pick when we do that. Um, I think Reigns is so good and so entrenched right now that when somebody beats Roman Reigns, it needs to be someone that they're going to like beating Roman Reigns right now can make you. Um, and I, and I think Big E can be that guy. Obviously we're not anywhere near that right now. There's no storyline even remotely heading towards that. You know, maybe SummerSlam is where that happens or something like that. I don't know. But so I don't see it being Daniel Bryan here as much as, as I would love that would put Daniel Bryan in a title match at WrestleMania. It would probably also mean a triple threat because Roman won his rematch. Edge obviously has the shot, all of those things. I, I, you know, Edge and Bryan have had their little thing. Edge saying last week, you're not as good as me to Daniel Bryan. Look, I love Edge. And I realize everybody should feel that way. So I'm okay with them saying it. But Daniel Bryan's better than you, Edge. Sorry. Um, in my world, in my belief, in my what I enjoy watching, I like Edge. Edge is good. Daniel Bryan is better than Edge in my world. But but Edge shouldn't say that either. He shouldn't say, well, of course you're better than me. Here, have my title shot. Like, no, that wouldn't make any sense in a storyline. He's, so, he's not bad money. He's not bad bunny. He doesn't he's right, it. right. He's right. Here, have my title. It's okay. I'll trade it for a you know an autographed picture in a Snickers bar or whatever in the world he traded it for. I don't know. Um, uh, um, <laughs> let's not go down that road. We, we can get back there when we talk about Bad Bunny in our WrestleMania preview because it sure seems like that tag team match is still on the on the docket for that show. Uh, Reigns wins this match. I agree with you. I think Edge is the winner tonight um, because that then sets up the, the tension of Edge and Reigns throughout the match, building towards their match. Um, I hope they don't do something where Edge screws Brian and you know because he wants the one-on-one -on -one match he doesn't want Brian to get inserted into it he's got to look out for his own odds like I could see something like that maybe happening but then you have Edge almost taking a heelish angle on things even though he's right in his own mind isn't every heel right in their own mind that's why they're doing what they're doing um I, I just that's the one thing I'm like don't do that that's Vince Russo Vince Russo would do that don't do that Vince McMahon um well, and, and, and while I hope we don't, I hope the destination is not a three-way. I, I wouldn't put it past WWE to get to get us there, unfortunately. And, and again, not that that would be a bad thing, but I like the idea of it being Roman Edge on its own. Yep. But I when you when I was listening to you, a thought crossed my mind that you could potentially have a scenario where Jey Uso comes down, hits Brian on Sunday, Edge sees it, but refuses to DQ Roman because he wants Brian to get the shot, but then Roman pins Brian, so then Brian's issues with Edge, because he could have DQ'd him. I don't know. It's a little convoluted, but and I haven't it's not a fully baked thought, but nonetheless, like there's a couple of ways they could go. They could be creative. I, this is the one area where creativity's been strong. So yes. I'm 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 incredibly incredibly and remain optimistic that this will be the case on Sunday. And, and let's be honest, whether Edge or Jey Uso wins that match tonight, both of them will be involved in this match on Sunday somehow. Uh, yeah. They will both absolutely show their faces somehow. Um, we both think Edge is winning tonight. That just makes the most storyline sense. You could do Uso because then, you know, is he going to screw over Brian? But 
unfortunately, Brian's not the story here. Edge Roman is the story. Brian is a supporting character in the story, although they've done a nice job of not making him feel like the forgotten part of this story either. Um, he's felt very important through this. So um, Roman Reigns is my pick, though. So just to recap, we are chalk as far as the four matches that we know are happening. Um, Big E, we have, both have Big E, we both have Nia and Shayna, we both have Drew, we both have Roman. Uh, we both have Shane winning if that match takes place. If it doesn't, obviously we'll throw it out. And the one that we... Uh, deferred on or, or differed on not deferred differed on uh was alexa and randy if that actually ends up being a match i have alexa you have randy neither of us have any idea why but <laughs> we've done what we've done there so perhaps i i can either uh go down one more or or close this to a one uh match gap or in my mind more likely we're going to stay the same because i think we're only going to end up having four matches that count in this but that's okay because next week we do have nine matches um, some of which I think have some interesting potential outcomes when we look at the, the 19th anniversary show for Ring of Honor. So some of which I think are foregone conclusions, but some of which could have interesting uh, outcomes to, to come from them. So uh, anything else, Tom, you want to cover before we uh, sign off a half an hour earlier than we did last week? Yeah, no. Uh, let's hope when we come back next week, whatever we've seen with Fastlane, uh, it actually, let's hope we're not in the same uh, emotional or mental uh state not that that's i'm don't want to paint it with that broad of a brush or that severe of a brush but let's hope we have some some things to to celebrate and 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 talk positively about uh in reflection on this show agreed let's hope that they do a nice job of uh taking this crazy twisty road that we've been on that seems to have no direction and maybe get us pointed in a direction for WrestleMania. Whether you or I like all of the directions they point us in, let's at least get pointed in one because uh, we're about, what are we now? One, two, three weeks out, basically. Yeah, from WrestleMania like 20, as 22 days, 23 days. It's kind Something of nice. Like it. um, so. so it's it is time to get the road moving. It is the fast lane to WrestleMania this weekend. Uh, maybe the carpool lane, depending on how you feel about this show. But uh, We'll be back next week, though, sometime to uh, recap Fastlane, talk about other things as well, and then do our head-to-head -head picks for Ring of Honor's 19th anniversary show, hard to believe, 19 years ago. Tom was at show number one, so I'm sure we'll have some stories from that as well. Um, and we've been, the two of us have been at at least the fifth anniversary festival. I know we were at one or two of those shows. Um, you might have been at some other anniversary shows as well, Tom. I might have, too. I, ha I would have to go back and look. Yeah, um, I would, too. They're not. It's not as easy to to extract those memories as it used to be. Right, right. Yeah. The five-year festival I remember um, being in Chicago for, and might have been Dayton. Anyways, we can talk about that next week. Maybe some fun Ring of Honor memories as we talk through things, because you and I have both been fans uh, all along of Ring of Honor. You were going to shows a lot earlier than I was, but um, lots of stories, I'm sure, to come in next week's show as well. So for this week, though, Tom, a pleasure as always, my friend. See you in the fast lane. Absolutely. We'll see you in the fast lane. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.